In French, work or job translates to travail, and travail stems from the word tripolium, which was a medieval torture instrument consisting of three sticks to which you were tied in order to receive a beating. Needless to say, for many cultures, working meant suffering. But nowadays, things are different. There is a variety of jobs out there with different levels of pleasantness. Still, it is rare to come across people who are truly passionate about their jobs, who find meaning in their job, the kind of job that aligns with your most deeply held convictions, a job that makes a difference, a true positive impact in the world. My name is Ryan, this is The Vegan Report, and if you are vegan and looking for that kind of job, then this episode is for you since we will be talking with Ben Brahman, the founder of veganjobs.com. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. So my first question for you, Ben, is what is veganjobs.com? Well, it's a... Um it's an employ i'd like to call it an employment hub that uh allows uh any vegan uh organization or company um or even household looking for say a um a nanny or a uh, dedicated um personal chef to uh, post a job um and receive applications to the job um or just list their email address if they want people to to uh, reach out directly to them um, or, or link to the, say they have an application process they, they want to send people through, they can just uh, link to that and, and filter people through that. Um, and on the other side, it um, allows candidates or really anyone um, might not even necessarily be looking for a job, sort of how LinkedIn is, if you, you know, you might be employed, but you you create a profile and in hopes that you might end up networking with others. And um, so it allows, it allows uh, vegans to create a, to join as a candidate um, and post a profile on uh, which they can list their skills and, um, you know, their job history if they want and their, um, their resume, um, which is, only accessible, like their actual resume files, only accessible to uh, employers that I've hand approved. Um, and so they can be fairly confident that it's, it's you know, it's, it's not something that's just publicly available. Um, and, uh, but there's limited information that others can see. Um, and I hope to, uh, I guess, um, configure different ways for people to to hide hide and show more information on currently it's it defaults to hiding a lot of information um and so um it's it's a little bit limited people can put i think an introduction and currently i don't believe you even link to your social media profiles i don't think that um i could be wrong i should probably know this <laughs> it's changed a few times but um, I, I can discuss why, but um, yeah. So anyway, um, it's, it allows employers to find these, these uh, people in the candidate database and for um, uh, people to, to list themselves um, for these employers to be found. The first question that springs to mind when I hear you say that uh, and explain how veganjobs.com 
functions is do you need to be vegan in order to apply to those jo jobs and do you need to be a vegan company or organization in order to post a job offer is it a requirement or is it more like a preference i it's since i can't actually uh you know police everyone 100 there's I, I have, I guess I could probably read it to you. There's a, uh, when you, when someone goes to register um, as a candidate, um, you're speaking of, first of all, just, I guess, the candidate side, correct? Sure. Let's start um, with the candidate. Yeah. It, it says, we're a niche job site that works to support vegans. We help match individuals with like-minded like companies and organizations that identify with and share enthusiasm for the vegan lifestyle. And it says, what does vegan mean? And it, uh, vegan means not consuming or manufacturing something with animal meat, uh, flesh, organs, or animal secretions, milk, lactations, eggs, or other bodily fluids, such as bear's bile, wearing an animal skin or fur, exploiting, or exploiting animals for entertainment. Animals include aquatic species, seafood, such as fish and self shellfish, as well as insects, such as bees, uh, honey is in parentheses. And it says, why be vegan? Click here. And it's... Uh, It's a website that has more information. Um, what if I'm not vegan? Uh, please use one of the thousands of other job sites on the internet. If you came, you're interested in a specific job, you you could of course reach out to the employer by way of their website and be honest with them that you are not vegan, but came across the job on, on a Google job search or via our website. Um, I like that it, transparent yeah. approach. So, yeah. yeah, and I, um, I do ask a question when they join, uh, please share a sentence or more about your vegan story, such as what brought you, you to a vegan slash plant-based lifestyle. This doesn't need to be perfectly written. It's just, it's only seen by admins. And that's, that's true. I only, I'm the only one that sees that. Um, they can of course post something on their, uh, profile that's similar or the same thing. Um, But um, it's just part of the process and, and um, it kind of, you can see how it might help weed people out that might not even know what vegan is. They just came across the site or a job posted somewhere. And, um, and I guess it's going to be interesting where, how AI influences that. I, you know, used to be able to just read someone's story to, if, if I was curious, if, um, how authentic they were. But um, that's that's a whole separate conversation. <laughs> uh, how AI is impacting a few a number of things with uh, the employment industry. Well, before getting into that, what about the employer side? How do you select employers? Yeah, so um, I've initially I reached out to quite a few um, to let them know about the website, but um, it's really just word of mouth and. Uh, employers probably, you know, perhaps uh, I, I believe a number of them just search vegan jobs, assuming there's a website, a vegan jobs board, and uh, come across it that way. And um, and on that page, when they join, there's similar in, um, uh, requirements, I guess, that are outlined. I could go ahead and read that too. I'm, I suppose it's easier than trying to recall what All that it mentions but um so it says give me one second our site is for vegan oriented companies slash organizations 
and vegan job seekers. Veganjobs.com sets itself apart from other job sites by being a purveyor of only vegan employment opportunities and candidates. This means your products should be all vegan and your company should be related to veganism. Specifics along with some other restrictions include, uh, one, we accept companies that only offer vegan products, no animal derived ingredients or animal testing. Vegetarian restaurants, for example, for example, that serve eggs or dairy are not posted. If you, if however, you're shifting your menu to vegan and you need a, to, you need a vegan uh, consult, uh, consultant, for example, or otherwise have a unique situation, please send us an email. Job postings involve involving multi-level marketing, referral slash affiliate marketing are not allowed. This includes, and I list uh, a list of, uh, there's several multi-level marketing companies that uh, happen to have mostly vegan or all vegan type products, but um, like supplements, things, and yeah, yeah, a lot of supplements. Um, <laughs> Juice Plus is one. Regana, Tropic, Zikja, Airbon. Um, so not all jobs are posted. Examples that may not be accepted include certain supplements that make unproven medical claims, spiritual slash metaphysical claims such as animal psychic services, remote healing, etc. Um, and uh, if you're unsure or have a unique situation, please contact our friendly team. And there's a link there to, to email. And so, yeah, I've, um, I do occasionally have, uh, you know, the restaurant reach out saying we're not vegan yet, we're going that direction. And we're looking for a vegan chef. And um, I just will put a note in the job post explaining that um, the person will not, the chef, uh, potential chef will not be working with vegan or with animal ingredients, but they might currently be in the kitchen as they transition. Um, that's a question I'll ask the employers. Are they expected to, to work with um, any animal ingredients, you know, as that um, transitioning chef or, or are they just the new vegan chef? working that side so um yeah so there's certainly allowances made for things like that um it's it's been tough there's i should say tough there's there's so many vegan restaurants it's incredible that um i don't feel too bad uh weeding out the ones that just have say everything but a milk option on the menu for their their coffee or something like that and i'll say i'm sorry it's just the it's the established these rules and um, have you considered all these plant-based milks, you know, that you could you could trial instead? And um, and you know, I said, please come back if you if you happen to go all vegan. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of describes describes that process. Um, again, I love the transparency aspect of uh, of your work, and I also like the fact that you're creating the job offers. And by the way, it's not just job offers. There's also lots of volunteering opportunities um, th that we should mention. Correct. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. There's, um, there's quite a few. Um, I've got some history in that myself. So it's, I've seen how you can, as a volunteer, you can overextend yourself. <laughs> and there's definitely nuance there where um, I've learned over time, one of the lessons I've learned is that, um, you know, there's, there's people that may kind of stretch 
and potentially get into a territory where they're almost, you know, they're exploiting a opportunity, maybe a little bit claiming, and you know, they might have really good intentions, but as a, um, they're maybe it's not so much a nonprofit as a, uh, as more of on the commercial side. And they're, they're hoping they'll, they'll be volunteers that are eager to help run their social media, for example, yet ultimately they have, um, a business they're developing. Hmm. And so uh, things like that, I don't accept unpaid internships unless there's clearly um, a compensation, something of value given that, um, you know, if they are actually enrolled in something where they're meeting, um, they're, they're allowing that person to obtain certain credits uh, for school and things like that. There's, um, there's, there's, you know, there's some exceptions there, um, but most even in those cases, the people will be compensated monetarily to a degree. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, it's definitely involved. Um, I didn't quite realize what I was getting myself into when I started the website. Um, it you know, began just, you know, I was naive and thinking at first even, I knew I'd at least have to improve employers, but just even allowing employers freely post jobs whenever I quickly realized, no, I have to, I really have to hand review each post because there's um, sometimes there's some big mistakes, but um, including things that may or may not be um, violate employment law. Like once in a while I'll have a restaurant with some little mom and pop shop that will mention they would prefer a female wait staff something like that. And I'm like, you really can't ask that. <laughs> and uh, you need to correct this. But um, otherwise, it's just sometimes errors that are made. Um, they don't, you know, there's even a, a error in the link to their, their Twitter account or their Facebook account or um, a typo. And um, there's really great posts, you can tell they've really diligent put a lot of diligence and um, effort into their job post and others that it's as if they spent five minutes just typing it out really fast and, and hit submit. And um, I'll actually, I, I'll take the time to format it a little bit, maybe bullet point some things and then let them know I've done that um, just to make it easy to read. Um, I, I do wonder though, is should I just let them uh, post what they post and that that might be revealing to candidates? Maybe mm -hmm. this person's not, this employer's not completely organized. <laughs> But uh, so there's some balance there. I won't, I, I, um, I'll help a little bit, but I, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't reword things necessarily um, other than maybe fixing a typo or two, but I'll, I'll separate, I'll separate a jar, a, a jumbled mess into paragraphs and, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so. Well, I realize how thoughtful you are in this uh, project and that is something I wish more, you know, job boards or job hubs or um, anything out there. I, I wish they would be on the side of the job seekers and do the work of filtering out. Because as a job seeker, you don't know where you're getting into. Um, there, are, like you said, there are so many crazy companies and um, you know, bad organizations out there, and the way they. Uh, show themselves publicly is not always a good reflection of who they are. And 
often your values might not be aligned. Um, so yeah, you have to take all of that into account. And it, I guess as a job seeker, you have to spend so much time researching the, the companies behind the job offers and you're, you're left on your own right. device, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, that's, uh, that's very true. There's, uh, you, you're reminding me that uh, occasionally there'll be a startup, um, you know, someone I've seen uh, many apps come and go Our social media networks, uh, that have, have tried to launch and, and, and those type of jobs will, you know, and it's, it's one thing if they're, <clears throat> if they're willing to, you know, well compensate the, uh, whoever they're bringing on to develop their app or their website or be their, um, uh, social media person or, um, you know, that sort of thing. Sometimes people are looking for co-founders even. Um, and I would hope someone getting involved in, in being a co-founder would, would do, do due diligence and, and also just realize that it's, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice with, with startups, but, um, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting cause there's, there's, it's not, a, it's not that, uh, um, prevalent, but there are occasional jobs where I, I don't, I can't take the time to truly research the person behind it. Um, Although I do have to, um, for startups, for example, uh, if there's no established website and history, I have to know if they're real. And so I will, I'll investigate a little bit the person behind the company, um, ask for links to their LinkedIn profiles and Facebook accounts and, um, and message them on there. And usually there's some track record online that they're a vegan in the community and have been involved in some things. Um, once in a while uh, there's not enough and i'll i'll turn it down but um uh but at the end of the day i don't know this person how dedicated they are to this this new startup and how well they're you know they might have a really good pitch for people to uh to join in but um um so i I don't know it's a balance where i feel some responsibility obviously um in uh, filtering things but i i hope that people take um uh, you know i, I realize and i realize people have to take you spend a good amount of their time checking into a company or maybe even asking um the uh the founders some questions themselves to gauge how how um serious they are and and um, that sort of thing so yeah when friends go to job interviews i always tell them you know, it's not just about you and you performing at that job interview. You also have to look at them critically and weight their questions and their attitude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's, I've met, um, I've been vegan quite a while and I've met all sorts of, of unique characters that have, have had startup ideas or just uh, started organizations, you know, half heart, well, not half heartedly, maybe their hearts in it, but they're, they don't realize what they're getting themselves into as the, uh, as the founder. And, um, and they've never gone to, you know, the school for this. They're just, and, and some people are really great at it naturally, um, but others are very disorganized. I've, I've, um, I volunteered volunteered for a few of those, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, at least 
I know if an organization is looking for a volunteer and they're taking it, you know, looking at it as a job and they're posting like a something that looks like a job offer for a volunteer position, I know there is some thoughts behind it, that there is a, a strategy that uh, they're thinking about the place of that volunteer and how many hours they need to spend on a certain task. Um, I much prefer that kind of professionalism than a nonprofit where, you know, it's more of like, a, oh, come and I'll, I'll give you some task. And then um, I don't know, like uh, maybe in a few weeks, I'll give you more. And, you know, it's just disorganized and they don't really know how to manage their volunteers. Right. Yeah. I won't, I won't name a group I've worked for, but I, I've experienced exactly that where I, I tended, I, I was actually running their website as well. And that's all I was going to start as, or all I ever intended to do, but I quickly realized they were in over their head and I would start asking questions because I wanted to see, see their initiative uh, succeed. And, um, and, and I, I, I started even, um, when they would then would onboard somebody, I would I would introduce myself and um, and, uh, and and sometimes uh, reveal that they should ask some questions, some certain questions, um, just to, to give them a heads up that um, yeah that that uh, that we don't that the group doesn't necessarily know it doesn't have their their whole act together, but. Um, um, and I guess what I'm saying is um, I've, I've revealed, I've seen people join an organization and yeah, get way in over their head. Not, they, they just want to help with a thing or two. And, and like you said, the next thing they know, they're, they're given tasks that take hours on end. And the person um, delegating that task has no idea what's necessarily involved with that. And so um, I've tried to bridge that gap a little bit and, um, in, in my own experiences, but, and I think that's, that's helped with the job site to a degree um, when it comes to maybe weeding out certain jobs. Yeah. And um, I, I'm, I'm saying this because I'm thinking about the well-being of the volunteers. Ultimately um, it's so hard on your mental health to be like way over your head, like you said um, with, so many tasks and then you can't quit because you have this guilt you know what are they going to do without you <laughs> right right exactly yeah i know i know that feeling <laughs> it's such a horrible yeah. like mental <clears throat> trap that you just found yourself uh in yeah right yeah it could be it can become like a bad relationship <laughs> exactly um, yeah. So let me tell you a story. Last summer, I visited the Vegan Festival of Montreal, and I decided to invite a few entrepreneurs to appear on the show. And then, to my surprise, most of them were not vegan. <laughs> and oh, you know, wow. yes, and if you look yeah. at you know their website and their messaging and their pitch and all of that, you would think they are vegan. But they right. really not. And then, you know, they look at my, my show and they see all the episodes on, you know, ethical veganism and animal rights and, you know, interviews with people who are hardcore on that side of things. And they just get very shy and just, you know, 
decide not to appear or not to be interviewed. Were you like when you opened veganjumpstand.com? Were you um, surprised by maybe the number of vegan companies that are not vegan uh, in their employees and uh, even maybe in their attitude? Maybe for them, veganism is just you know a strategy or or something like that, just um, an instrument, a tool to reach a certain audience and make money. It's not it doesn't have anything to do with um, the ethical aspect of it or, or their personal values? Yeah, th there has definitely been a few. Um, I, um, I, I, it's always nice when there is like a, 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 an about us type page that where the founders, um, you know, just explain their, their vegan story even. And, and that's usually a good indicator that, someone is um in it for the right reasons <clears throat> when they they mention animal rights or um and not just maybe you know and and, and, and there's jobs that are accepted that are just more appealing to, or just more focused on the plant-based message i guess you should say or i could say <clears throat> um and and that's fine as long as um you know is there is they is they stick to that um uh where was I going with this that um but yeah if um i i it's definitely a huge thing to, uh, indicator to look for is is the, the the story behind uh the company and the founders um and there's been there has been one or two that i've i i i, I kind of learned a lesson on <clears throat> that there was uh <clears throat> excuse me there was a like a search engine optimization firm that um, that worked with vegan organizations and, and some big names when they by the time they had posted they had a, a little bit of a resume and um, or uh, a portfolio on who they'd worked with and um, I later learned that they were probably just exploiting the fact that you know the vegan organizations happy to uh, is like it, it's the you know, happy to work with or give ex extra attention to, um, I guess, or extra consideration to a, um, a company that, yeah, that touts that line, um, where I think these guys, when I, at the end of the day, they were just, um, the founder themselves, I found out later, wasn't vegan. Um, and they had really great messaging. And um, had this, I think it was the portfolio that convinced me early on that, um, you know, but it's like, has anyone really looked at these guys? You know, it's <laughs> one of those things where if everyone just maybe goes based on, yeah, their, their credentials, but um, has never truly looked at the company. And it, it is an interesting, it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting to think about because it's, you know, ultimately you, you do, there's like the, you've probably heard the term uh, like the veg economy, <laughs> the vegan economy, that it would be, you don't want a firm that's, uh, you know, like SEO firm. It's, it's one thing if they're specialized maybe in, in helping vegan companies, that's one thing they've maybe really honed um, how to help them with search engine optimization, for example, but, and, and there's probably value there, but at the end of the day, you really do want to be, uh, paying them maybe thousands of dollars and they're spending that on vegan products themselves or, or 
putting it back in the vegan community through, you know, visiting restaurants or um, purchasing vegan goods and and um, and just supporting vegans in general. That's the whole idea. Is to um, there's probably other others out there that want to do search engine optimization and as a career and and they just if they're truly vegan, they the idea is to of course support them over the millions of others out there. So. Um, yeah, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely come across that. Um, of course, I mean, as a client, as a consumer, I, I'm not looking to, you know, uh, do a purity test on the various businesses out there who brand themselves as being vegan. As long as the product is vegan, I'm okay with that. But then it's a whole other thing if you know, you present yourself as if you're an ally of a political, social, um, social justice cause, but really you're just here as a business. And if the opportunity um, rises, you you will change your business plan and you know dump those vegan products for something right. else. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're reminding me that this particular company. Um, they actually mentioned they give like they gave like 10% back to animal causes. And that's, you know, another huge, oh, wow, that's great. You know, that's uh, it's normally, a, you know, a, a check in the plus side um, uh, in considering them um, as a job board and as a candidate um, or as an employer, maybe seeking their B2B services. Um, but at the end of the day, anyone can say that they could, you know, choose a charity and, um, and, and claim that as a, uh, you know, as a selling point, but um, that's just, that doesn't necessarily mean the, the other 90% of the money is going towards uh, vegan options in their life or um, you're just supporting that, you know, a vegan in general. Um, and um, you know, I like the idea of helping lift, um, kind of lift all vegan boats, you know, in the, <laughs> in the tide of, uh, of this rising movement. And, um, and, and yeah, it, it certainly, it's, it's nice when companies, I've seen a lot of companies also choose, they'll, they'll choose a non-vegan just because it's quick and easy. They'll go to, um, you know, um, a gig, a gig worker work, work website, like um, Upwork or one of those. And, and um, even some of the organizations I've worked with have gotten posters designed that way. They don't necessarily want to take the time to to create a job post. They just want to get it done like that afternoon, and um, and that sort of thing. But um, there's uh, and so I, th I think there's a little bit of balance to some of that. But um, yeah, it's just the prevalence of non-vegans. Um, in in this uh, culture that that shocks me. Before you know, starting this podcast, uh, I did not know about it. I had a false impression of how the vegan business world looks like, and you know, through discussions and, and interactions, um, I, I just discovered a whole other reality. You know, I, I had a I recorded an episode with Anne Pham who. Um, has launched a like a Christmas vegan Christmas market in Montreal, but also in New York, I think, and in Toronto. And she was telling me that 
uh, in the first editions of the Christmas market, um, there were those non-vegans who own vegan companies and they would come with mm. coats made of uh, feather and boats, uh, boots made of leather. And then she would get complaints from the vegans that mm. visited the event, like, uh, who are those people? You know, how come they're selling like vegan products and they're talking like if they are vegan, but they're <laughs> wearing this brand new like uh, co coat made of feather. Um, so yeah, it's just shocking the, the prevalence of it and um, a bit uh, like the hypocrisy too. Wow, yeah, that's 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 disheartening to hear. I've yeah, I've seen a little bit of that. I I can't recall uh, that exactly that sort of thing where um, you can uh, you can spot someone maybe just based on what they're wearing. It's uh, identify them as an imposter, <laughs> and they've just they're they're piggybacking on the uh, the movement and how how charitable we are as vegans towards each other and um, and uh, we'll go above and beyond which you know, to, to help others out. And um, it's if it's like the secret sauce I felt like early on with some of the websites I'd launched, um, even before vegan jobs. Uh, and it was, you know, the, the um, any most any vegan organization or podcast, anyone's willing to, um, to help out and give you some exposure, whereas in any other industry, you're just kind of lost in the sea of, um, you know, maybe it's it's, it's say it's fitness or something which is obviously there's crossover there with vegan stuff but uh and plant-based uh lifestyles but the um there's definitely yeah i always i always I've thought of it like as it was just out of all the things i could get involved in it was one of the easiest to network in and find good people um but then yeah i think people got hip to that it seems and they started exploiting it to a degree um and um yeah yeah um i also want to address something else you mentioned which is th there are many employers who are into like the supplement the marketing schemes the um pseudoscience stuff and it's also very prevalent in the vegan community um you know, it, this is why I don't platform people who talk about veganism as uh, a diet, because then they start talking about all sorts, you know, they name studies and talk about the benefits, yeah. nutritional benefits. And I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a physician. Even if I was, I don't know if I would be competent or uh, have the necessary, you know, critical uh, skills to understand what they're saying and i doubt that they understand what they're saying and you know it's wh why do you think there is this prevalence of um, pseudoscience and um you know dieting culture around veganism yeah i guess it's it's like the um it's a uh, it's like a catch-22 i think there's it's like that trifecta of all right aspect, the ethical arguments. And um, when I went vegan anyway, I realized what I, what I discovered, it wouldn't at the very least be unhealthy for me that could potentially be beneficial. 
I was like, my God, like not only is this, uh, I've realized this isn't really a sacrifice. And, and um, once your taste buds shift that um, you're doing, you're, you're not exploiting animals, but on top of that, it's, it's um, there's potentially some health benefits and it's, but it's easy to, um, I think it's easy to, to over extrapolate from studies. And I know there's been a whole rash of um, studies. I don't know if they've, if any of them have been related to plant-based nutrition, but um, you've probably seen in the news, there's so many number of studies that have been in hindsight have been poorly designed and then pulled. Um, but um, you don't want something I like, I, I'm definitely an ethical vegan and um, I worry that if people ground themselves or they, they come to veganism through the nutrition, but don't make the shift that, yeah, they, they very well could someday just read another study or have an influential person talk to them about, you know, going keto or something and how that worked for them. And the next thing they know that the, they're convinced of that diet instead. But um, yeah, there's, it's, I think it's, I've seen, uh, I've been vegan for about 17 years now, and I've seen it go from when there was like one ice cream in the store, zero protein powders, to uh, zero cheeses, and to this exploiting, uh, ex exploding um, selection that we have now, where it's almost like every week there's a new vegan ice cream, right? And, um, and it's, it's clear that it was this huge exploding niche. Um, I didn't even realize it at, at certain times how fast it was growing. And I guess everyone, there was a number of, it just became ripe for exploitation for um, the jumping on the bandwagon um, for companies. Um, and, uh, and I think because vegan, the nutrition stuff we know as a society, I guess the supplements is like a multi-billion dollar industry and in what is the diet industry as well. And, and so um, it just became another hook that a marketing hook. And, um, and I think because it appeals to not only vegans, maybe um, the, the food options and supplements or um, and some of the diet programs perhaps, but non-vegans who just think that, they hear vegan is a healthy option or a way to lose weight or, um, you know, uh, fix your, your diabetes and something like that. Um, and it just seems like there's so many angles to it that can be worked that it's just, yeah, very ripe for, um, for just marketing exploits <laughs> for sure. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm a big skeptic of, of, of some of the nutritional things, um, nutritional claims that are made and supplements. And um, I certainly take some supplements, but um, yeah, often you'll see things, there'd be study, um, a product and they'll, they'll tout the scientific backed research. Then you dive into the study and it was just some one-off study that maybe they even paid for, <laughs> but the findings were, if you really look at the percentages of differences between the two groups, uh, the control group and the, the uh the group taking their product it's maybe a five percent better whatever hmm. and um and they'll claim that as a or even if it's ten percent but maybe they p hacked the results and selected for you know um certain things uh certain outcomes after the fact and um 
And so you really can't trust any one study. It's more of an aggregate of data, it seems. Um, and I think it's real promising, the nutritional studies for things like heart disease and such. Um, I'm certainly hope, hopeful it'll help me. I have some of that in my family. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's interesting because everything you're seeing is backed by everything you're seeing and which is inspired by your experience as a 17 years um, uh, vegan, you know, a uh, long time vegan, um, is backed by studies. You know, I'm thinking about phenolytics and the multiple studies they have uh, conducted, right. you know, examining closely uh, vegan advocacy. And, you know, they, they, they say clearly that, yes, health is more, you know, it's easier to hook someone on the health argument, but then they should be exposed to the ethical argument because if they're not, they're going to quit. Um, they're not going to stay vegan. Yeah, it becomes, it's, it definitely could be a fad for some people. Um, yeah, Phonolytics, they, they're one of the organizations that have posted, post, I think recently posted a job. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've looked at some of their, their data. They, it's interesting too, um, examining you get into the whole debate of um of welfareism versus more abolitionist approaches to things and um and and that's that's a whole other topic <laughs> but um yeah it's i i like looking at data um and, and uh but with some caveats for sure <laughs> since you mentioned it um if listeners want to check it out, Phonolytics is currently looking for a people and operations uh, director. Um, so what about uh, the perspective of employers? Why do they need uh, vegans? Um, like if I want to recruit a manager, why should that manager be vegan? Um, normally, like that manager should be good at their job and have uh, great skills. Um, why should we require them to, in addition of uh, their skills, to, to be vegan? Yeah, I think in a lot of cases, there's certainly going to be exceptions where you have a vegan that's, um, you know, not the, that doesn't turn out to be the, the best choice at the end of the day, but, and maybe even compared to just a really, uh, go-getter, a non-vegan that uh, still maybe has their finger on the pulse of of the um, of the lifestyle and the you know the industry, but um, for the most part, I think a vegan vegans have um, because they have a their heart in it and they and have had a lot of experience. Certainly, when you I think when you go vegan, you really dive. At least I you dive you dive head into every little aspect and nook and cranny of veganism and, um, you know, everything from watching DVDs to reading books and, and, and lots of podcasts for me, especially early on. Um, and you really get your, you know, your finger on the pulse of, of the movement or just, um, on how to live vegan in this, this, this non-vegan world where you, you feel like you wake up in a world of, um, like, in a different world, like an alien world where there's exploitation every which way you look, every commercial just happens to, you know, it's just, 
um, everything at the grocery store um, and just people celebrating over, you know, just dead animals in front of them as they watch a football game or even um, your local humane society maybe having some sort of hot dog eating contest or something ridiculous like that. And, um, and so I think we, because we wear that lens of uh, seeing the world uh, through vegan eyes that we bring a unique perspective that might be quite beneficial for an organization or a, a product company um, in, when it comes to maybe their marketing or, or just um, helping with the cohesion of, of, of that team. Um, I think having that in common is very helpful. Um, and, um, and certainly, you know, it's, it's definitely easier now. I would say maybe 10 years ago, it'd be absolutely amazing if you came to work and all the food options were vegan, if your organization happened to help feed you. <laughs> but um, nowadays it's uh, a little bit easier maybe to, or definitely to, um, to, to, to quickly bring your own vegan options to work. But um, yeah, the, uh, th there's, I think there's quite a few factors that come into play that where uh, selecting a vegan is, is quite beneficial. Um, and then I, I think they'll go, you know, they certainly people can burn out and that sort of thing, but um, you'll probably get a lot more enthusiasm out of, out of vegans that are, are interested in and what they're doing and helping animals at the end of the day, especially if it's, if it's, uh, and certainly if you're an organization that is, uh, taking an ethical stance and is, um, is for example, um, you know, an, an advocacy, an animal advocacy group, you certainly want people that are walking the talk, you know, especially when it comes to educating the community and, um, and I know there are people that will come to those organizations, just they're not quite vegan. They haven't just been able to make that switch. This this I'm thinking of people I knew 15 or say 10 years ago, maybe when there weren't something like cheese was was the last hurdle they couldn't get over. And nowadays I, I would hope that they would they would just be able to select one of the gazillion cheeses out there. But um and even find that at a restaurant they're eating at. But um I, uh, where was I going with that? That um, I think there are, you can definitely maybe gauge if someone, even if they're not quite vegan, but you know they're going to end up there. Um, I, I've seen some animal rights organizations um, be happy to take them on because they're going to expose them to uh, things that will probably get them all the way. Um, and certainly when, you know, when you're around people, you end up, you know, um, uh, if you're around vegans, you're going to to learn how to be vegan for sure, or see uh, see ex exemplified in front of you people living that lifestyle very easily, like it's second nature. I absolutely agree, and that's why I like events like the vegan festival or the Christmas market because you can ex you're exposed to real life vegans, you know, not social media vegans, and you can speak with them and see that you know they're not the caricature that they're often portrayed to be and that's also the approach i decided to adopt with my podcast you know i'm open to welcoming guests who are not vegan even though this is the vegan report as long as they're comfortable talking about 
why they're not vegan and um and maybe this is a way for them you know an entry to um learning more about veganism and um you know being influenced in a way yeah um i uh um I, I've seen, I've seen, I've, 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 I was involved in meetup groups for a while. I, I haven't been as much recently, but I've seen um, a lot of people that um, just are curious and show up um, to things like that and festivals for sure. Um, I've, um, and I've, I've watched people that have were vegetarian for many, many years, for example, and then became the biggest vegan advocates when they finally made the switch and um, never looked back. Um, and yeah, I, I, as I was mentioning earlier that people should certainly consider maybe someone who's not fully vegan. I was realizing my, my job board, for example, won't accept them, but um, I, I did have to kind of set a bar somewhere and it, it becomes this huge gray area the second you let people that, you know, and as you can see, it's not, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not policing people necessarily, but it's, it's, it's kind of a way to, uh, discourage those who aren't vegan from joining. Um, yeah, I mean, and, uh, yes, you're right yeah. because your audience are vegans. It's different, you know. Even my podcast, I'm speaking to vegans, not non-vegans, and there there are expectations with that kind of audience. So it's different than uh, an organization that is doing outreach to uh, the the public right. in mass, because I. You know, if I invite someone who's not vegan, it's because I think that that person could bring something more to the conversation uh, to fellow vegans, um, w which is rare, you know. <laughs> but right, right. But it's a different audience, you know. It's a different mission, and you're talking to different people. So I understand that eagerness to truly filter out the the non-vegan employers because that's the expectation of you know a job seeker a vegan job seeker who is visiting uh your website right yeah and um i i've seen um and it, the, the interesting thing is i've noticed that when i've worked you know after 10 years maybe after being vegan working for organizations like a, a festival <clears throat> when you have fresh vegans come in that are newly vegan you they you're reminded of the way they, uh, how you first saw the world and how now you've maybe become slightly jaded or something, but they, uh, they bring this fresh energy and there's, there's something that maybe even hiring people who are newly vegan that um, will have a new perspective or a perspective you maybe lost over time as, as a longer vegan. Um, if, if you're say the owner of a company um, and uh, yeah, the, um, they're not as misanthropic as the rest of us. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Something else we should mention is um, this is open to people from all around the world. This is not something for, you know, only uh, you're based in the US, but this is not um, something only for people in the US or in North America or even in the Western world. There are opportunities of vegan jobs and being a vegan volunteer all around the, the world and you with i guess the advent of 
remote work, you can easily choose a job um, that is vegan, that aligns with your values, but is somewhere else. So can you speak to that? Yeah, there's, um, I love seeing jobs that pop up in, uh, say, Croatia. There's a new vegan restaurant that's popping up and, um, or, uh, you know, of course it's, it's, there's, yeah, there's quite a few companies. I'm trying to recall some offhand, but uh, Germany is really huge. And of course the UK, um, but there'll be little countries or that I maybe even hadn't heard of, uh, embarrassingly. And, um, and you know, there, there's a vegan restaurant popping up there or um, a local animal rights group. Um, that's even better to see. And, um, and so, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely everywhere. Um, it, it's always, it's also neat when I see a job local in Tucson appear, there was, a, there's a sanctuary that recently posted a job and I happen to know them from the past. And I was like, Hey, it's me. <laughs> um, but uh, I've, um, at, 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 what I've thought about too is um, I've, there was one in Hawaii early on when I um, was running the site and I was like, wow, if I ever wanted to visit Hawaii, now I've got a connection there. I can, I can reach out to them. But um, there's, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's so great to see how it's just reaching everywhere. And um, it's, there's, there's probably some challenge where I could make the site. I think a lot of people do use translation services if they need, um, but some people there's there's uh, ProVeg will post. They're they're based in Germany, I believe, full not fully, but um, primarily, and they'll post jobs in German and in English, um, and uh, yeah, they've got quite a lot going on. They're one of the larger groups that have um, that have. Yeah, just a lot going on, and they've 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 hired for a lot of positions, um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's prevalent for sure, and it's great to see that people. There's there's um, for for example, Croatia. I think obviously they would, can maybe find someone local, but when they post on the website, there there's opportunity for like a vegan chef to go travel and, and work from there. Um, and they'll, they'll discuss that some of the travel arrangements that would be provided and how wonderful it is to live on the beach here and that sort of thing. Um, and th so there's, I think it's one of the bigger jobs that uh, opens up travel opportunities. And then, yeah, of course, there's a lot of remote jobs, especially after COVID. Um, I saw a huge drop in jobs immediately, and then they just came roaring back and most in a lot of uh, or a lot of remote positions. And then in that case, you can work from anywhere as long as some will specify that they prefer you be in their time zone. And I give a little tip on that when you you post a job where you, you list remote, but you, if you want the person to be in the UK along with you, you put in UK in parentheses afterwards. Um, uh, or wherever the region is, but some are open to wherever because um, it's maybe not necessarily a time constraint thing or time of day thing uh, for them. It's uh, if they're doing some sort of work that's just behind the scenes. But and I share your uh, enthusiasm at you know witnessing that uh, you know veganism becoming more and more global because it's a universal message of compassion you know um every culture can relate to to the vegan message i believe 
And it is inspiring to see vegan initiatives in places where there is, where the state of animal rights is truly uh, horrendous. Um, you know, recently I interviewed um, uh, Whispers Red, who uh, opened a sanctuary in Serbia, of all places. And I thought, yeah, genius. Uh, the, we have enough, you know, initiatives in the West and, uh, you know, Western world. We need to do some outreach in places where they never heard about uh, veganism, where um, animal exploitation is just normal and never questioned. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a culture shock when you see examples of, yes, yeah, say like a wet market and things like that, where um, it, to us, it's so hidden at our grocery stores where it's wrapped in uh, saran wrapped and there's a little happy piglet on the front or something and our, you know, an idyllic farm and um, people don't give it a second thought. But then where it's, there's exploitation directly in front of people, they see animals crammed in little cages and you can just pick it up and bring it home and, and pluck it and butch it yourself. And that's, it's, 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 it is a fascinating thing to me that, um, it's it's so in their face and ingrained in their culture um there's certainly maybe a different approach to how in a way i i guess it's always well i'm I'm being reminded of um a great documentary um peaceable kingdom i don't know if you've seen that one but it's about people who grew up in like 4-h clubs and farming uh communities and befriended animals um that you know became their best buddies living on the farm and later they were expected to, of course, slaughter these animals or turn them over to slaughter. And um, I wonder if it opens up opportunities for people to see animals um, in some cases as that might be a good angle is um, they can see the personality of some of these these animals that they're using um, and make that jump to maybe they're not quite so different or exactly the same as companion animals as are you know the dogs and cats we love um and uh yeah it's it's interesting i use the i like to discuss companion animals dogs and when i talk to non-vegans and, and it's part of my um ex- explanations of why i'm vegan and um i guess in some countries dogs aren't quite seen as as um the same and it's, it's, yeah, it must be interesting to start a group in places like that. Um, um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to listen to that interview. Um, yeah, I mean, she provides some um, shocking details on how they, they look at animals and, and even the caretakers of the sanctuary, because she's not there herself, but she's, you know, part of the board of trustees and, um, I think she's the president uh, of of the organization, but even the the, the caretakers, you know, they have a, a different attitude. Like, um, um, they're not treating like the dog like a mm-hmm. vegan Westerner would treat the dog. Like, uh, right. th- there is a nuance. There is a, a lack of sensitivity toward the feelings of of the dog or, or the cat or, or the animal that that is welcomed and this uh, impression of you're going too far you know when you care for an animal and 
you know, you're, you're spending money on, on their health, healthcare, for instance, or things like that, that um, foreigners, people in cultures where, you know, veganism is not rooted, would think, you know, no, this is too much, or you're too extreme in your compassion. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's interesting, for sure. Yeah, you got me. You got my head spinning a little bit on uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> ideas on how. I know just on how they could approach that. Yeah, and uh, kind of cut through that. Um, that yeah, the, there's definitely the, the the paradigm is the pendulum is definitely swung a lot more in that direction there, uh, or towards uh, just seeing animals as something we can use. It sounds like, um, or just as others, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, it's a. I I like using the word presence. You know, it's um, before becoming vegan. Yes, I cared for non-human animals, but they did not have presence uh, in 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 my life. It, you know, it was uh, you know part of the decorum. It was decoration, or uh, you know, I would not turn my head to pay attention to their feelings or. Um, you know, they did not matter. You know, they did not stop me from uh, going from A to B or or something like that. It, it was just like, oh, birds in the sky. It's a uh, same as a cloud. You know, um, kind of attitude. But then, yeah, be- becoming vegan and uh, as years went by, I started to pay more attention to them as if they were people, which they are. Um, but yeah, that that's the shift of attitude I I, I experienced. That's it. It's interesting you mentioned like birds. Um, I the story of how I went vegan. Um, I, I had not even been vegetarian, um, although I had a cousin growing up who was always vegetarian, and I never gave it much second thought um, <clears throat> as to why. Um, I guess I I knew why, but I never thought very deep on it. And one day, um, yeah, about seventeen years ago. In my home, uh, a morning dove uh, crashed into my picture window, and I suddenly felt you know, he was—he was definitely injured and couldn't move or barely could move. And I felt this re- sense of responsibility suddenly that um, I just realized, well, he had no idea. You know, it's, instead of thinking maybe stupid bird, what's he? Well, how did you do this? It's, I thought, well, I, the poor guy thought he could just fly right through as if it was a frame. You know, he saw the reflection back and had no idea that we directed this modern day creation called glass here, our window. And um, I had this thought, like, it'd be like me running along the desert here in in Arizona and um, and an alien ship maybe was hundreds of yards that way and put up a force field. And I just run, come running into it. And the alien is like, well, look at this idiot. Like, he's no idea what he's doing. But um and so to us, it's like they're living in our our world. And God, there's a lot of, speaking of, there's a lot of birds that die just running into buildings, right? Yeah. But um, I, I was suddenly faced with this uh, kind of predicament where I was looking at this bird and I was like, oh, I guess I should hop online. I found a local wildlife group and they were all the way across town. And um, I was like, well, I really should do this. This is really an inconvenience my day, but I can't just let him die here. And, um, and I could tell you, it wasn't something I could just nurse him back myself. So I spent the better half of the day going over to this wildlife rescue center 
and driving back in traffic and um and i get home and i was cooking my usual chicken breast for dinner on the frying pan and i was just like holy crap i'm like i just spent all this time saving this one bird and i kind of saw him as having a you know personhood and um you know as an individual and here i am staring at this other bird in the pan and i thought what kind of life did this one live and how did he die and and i was like well, that's why people are are vegetarian oh yeah they kind of think about these guys too and um i hadn't had a i grew up with a dog but i don't think i hadn't had my my um my 15 now 15 year old dog yet um but i I definitely had a, a great friendship with a dog growing up. And, um, and so I, I knew animals certainly had emotions and, and could feel pain and that sort of thing. And, and I, I, so I hopped online. I was like, well, that's why people are vegetarian. And I, I was Googling stuff. And I came across some member of PETA articles and videos. And I, it was quite shocking to me. And I'm glad I came across that material, particularly, I think, rather than, um, something softer because it, it did kind of wake me up and I don't know why, but I had this, I got really angry and um, I had a switch kind of go off where I it just almost overnight went vegan. And um, I'm not sure if I would have gone on for years without thinking much on it or, but I, I think that bird, that poor bird, I don't know if he survived, um, but um, and seeing him as an individual. And so um, I wonder what, I sometimes think about that and examine what exactly to me it was so clear and easy um at the time and i just thought my friends and family would jump on board too as soon as i showed them a video for example or a documentary um but for them i couldn't break through that cognitive dissonance right and it just it's 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 quite fascinating how i never would have thought i'd become vegan um but i did pretty quickly after having this epiphany, I guess. And um, so how do we recreate that if it's possible? Or I just a one-off one off thing, but yeah. Well, it, it was, when I f first started this podcast, it was uh, a recurring question. Uh, I would ask it a lot to, to guests. Do you think you were born vegan or do you think you became vegan in the sense of do you think you were born with certain feelings, a certain form of compassion, a level of empathy that made you receptive to the vegan message? So, yeah, that 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 question I I ask that question a lot, and what comes, you know, back again and again is is that you're born vegan, that um, you're born with a certain level of empathy, compassion, and mm. uh, maybe even sensitivity. And then you encounter that message and it resonates with you. It, it confirms uh, maybe some feelings or experiences you had throughout your life. And then it triggers a change. But, you know, it's just m my opinion of, of things. Um, what do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I know, and there's... I have seen studies where even people's political views are maybe um, are, uh, are influenced by how compassionate they are or um, yeah, how they, the level of empathy they have. And yeah, it'd be, I would, I'd really hope 
a lot of people, most people could come around eventually if they had the right experiences. Um, that's why I love the example of so many people love their animals, their, their companion animals. Of course, some people don't fully, they, they have maybe a different relationship than others where they, they like having a dog, but they, you know, they're not as compassionate towards that animal or see it as suffering when they just stick it out back all night in the cold mm-hmm. and hope it does okay in the doghouse, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, it's an interesting, um, thing to think about. Hmm. Because then uh, it, it, yeah. it begs, you know, another question, which is if, you know, veganism depends on a certain level of compassion and empathy and ingrained in people from birth then is the solution to criminalize animal exploitation and right yeah yeah right yeah that's the direction you'd have to go eventually um yeah because it's uh those that can see the reality have to to kind of force it upon others to a degree or set certain uh societal rules and laws up just like we do with other things you know that um yeah so yeah it's um yeah to, yeah go ahead to to get us closer to that reality uh we need to take action and you're someone who decided not just to be vegan but to be active uh and join all sorts of initiatives how did that happen um when did you decide to truly take action and not just be, I guess, passively vegan? Yeah, I early on, um, when I went vegan, yeah, because it was, I think it was 2007, um, there weren't, I didn't know any vegans and I uh, turned to podcasts, which were absolutely wonderful. I, it was like a, true respite for my brain and uh, to, to hear others and their experiences and, and learn how they're navigating this world, uh, living in a non-vegan world. And um, I bought a couple of books, all the, I think all the books I could find at the time. Now you, you couldn't read through them all probably, but um, <clears throat> anyway, I, I, I found a local meetup group. There was a vegetarian and vegan meetup group and um, it was probably maybe 50, 50 with vegetarian and vegan. And um as I was learning, I would meet other vegans or vegetarians down there and share my, the tools I had found like podcasts, I'd point them to specific episodes that were discussing maybe something that came up at the meetup, you know, dinner. And, um, or, and I even, I had this whole email set up where I would send people like, let me send you an email. And I had breakdown of different things and listen to this episode and check out, here's a section from this book I read that just perfectly, Ex, uh, explains you know how to look at dealing with your old leather belts for example or something and um and and so i i i think my activism game a little bit just wanting to help others along the way and also i i loved trying to convince maybe vegetarians to go vegan or and friends and family um i quickly learned I should just focus on others, not friends and family, because you could do a little bit, but you do too much. And it's, uh, you just come across as overzealous and, um, but, uh, and you have to kind of get, let people plant some seeds and let people maybe find their way. But, um, 
So I, I ended up starting because I was sharing podcasts and to, like, recommending the people. I started a website as a web developer. I, I thought, well, I'll use my skills to, to put something out there. And I created uh, veganfeed.com. And it was it was a pretty neat little site back then. Um, I, I hand coded everything. It was before I had even worked with like WordPress, some of these content management systems that make life a lot easier. But I obsessed over building this website that aggregated RSS feeds of all the, the vegan podcasts I could find. And as new ones came around, inevitably they, if you, back then, if you Googled vegan podcasts, it was like the first site that turned up. Now it's, it's buried, but um, people would have me add their podcast. And I love being able to introduce people that were visiting my site to their podcast by that maybe was a way to help jumpstart their, their podcast, getting at least a couple of listeners going. And um, I like to think I was helping out a little there, but, um, and the site never quite got thousands of tra you know hits per day, but it got a few hundred. And um, I think of real people, not just bots <laughs> and uh, search engine crawlers, but, um, and from there, I shared blogs that I also followed. So I aggregated blogs and little synopsis, or uh, first few hundred characters of the blog post, and you could click to read more. And um, so I tried to create a little resource where people could um, read food blogs and uh, philosophy, animal rights philosophy blogs and, and find podcasts. And but I introduced myself to the podcasters. Often I'd email them about my website and hope maybe they'll throw up a link somewhere or just to let them know what I was into, uh, was working on. And through that, I made some connections. Um, inevitably, someone would be, I would even point out an error in their RSS feed. I just noticed because it wasn't refreshing on my site and I would help them troubleshoot that. And I actually, I got hired on as um, one of the first vegan podcasts, Our Hen House with uh, Jasmine Singer and Marion Sullivan. Uh, they hired me on as a webmaster early on. And to this day, um, it's been about, I wanna say 15 years now maybe that um, I've been their webmaster and web developer. But um, I, uh, through an interview they did early on about the vegan feed site, um, I met then a local philanthropist in Tucson who who had, was a fan of their show. And I other than that, was never would have, uh, never would have met and she just wanted to meet um and discuss things because she was putting on symposiums in town with the forks over knives crew uh you know dr esselstyn and um what is it the rip rip esselstyn the firefighter guy and uh was it there's there's dr gregor and all those guys um t colin campbell and they um they would she was uh, I, uh, also a big benefactor to some organ vegan organizations but she was putting on these, she formed a little group, put on these symposiums and, and had a meeting with me wondering if there's any way we could work together. And I just, I think just hearing about my vegan feed podcast and my meetup experience. And I pitched the idea of, of showing movies in town, screening documentaries, cause I found them, I loved vegan documentaries. I thought they were potential vegan makers for a lot of people. And um, it's so she, financed this whole operation where I'd rent out a theater, a 500-seat theater. Put, she helped me uh, pay for flyers to be printed, and um, I would use my meetup group and just me driving around town, hanging them at Starbucks and, uh, you know, poster boards and and posting on every possible event list online and in local papers. And um, uh, if you stop short of putting up billboards, which she actually did for her symposiums, 
and and those she charged for but these these the theaters were uh, pre prepaid and uh it was free for everyone to come see this documentary and we would we actually filled all 500 seats a few times so much that we had a second showing but um that got me involved in uh kind of organizing events um and 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 i ended up with helping with some festivals later um and so i just kind of had this natural progression by just i guess wanting to maybe help others early on and i think as being vegan and having this huge enthusiasm for it it, it all came very easy to me i ended up actually overextending myself to a degree and um, maybe not focusing on things that uh would maybe make me money <laughs> but uh in hindsight, I'm glad I did it. it. It opened up some opportunities that even like, I think the vegan jobs website I launched, it was, it was easier launching that having connections I did with bloggers. Um, they helped me get some links early on. And that, of course helped with search results and that sort of thing. And, um, and I think a couple of podcasts maybe mentioned it. And, um, and, and, and even through that process, um, I did occasionally see like I'd be on an email list with like Dr. Greger is looking for a, I think um, a video editor and that would just get passed through an email chain of people I knew. And um, I had owned this domain name, veganjobs.com. I had grabbed a few early on and thinking that they would have potential eventually. And I was like, it might be about time to start that. And um, that's kind of what maybe pushed it a little bit other than it was probably the best of the names I had. And I love having, you know, they call it like the category killer domain. It's the one that's, you know, if you, it, it helps with uh, branding and, you know, people remembering the name and, uh, and search engine optimization, at least back then. And so um, I'm not sure if I didn't own that name, what it would have focused on, maybe um, a site about vegan dogs or something. But um, yeah, so uh, that's kind of my story as how I um, kind of progressed um, and uh, yeah, even and through the festivals I, I helped with, I'd see uh, plenty of job opportunities pop up where we had to hire people for and, and um, that sort of thing. Um, well, but, yeah. In, in preparation for this interview, I, I tried, you know, different um, searches on Google. I tried, you know, animal rights job, animal welfare job, putting my, you know, uh, being through the perspective of a job seeker who's vegan and who wants a job in an animal rights organization. And what pops up first is um, jobs related to uh, the animal industry, <laughs> you know, like, oh, uh, right. yeah, like uh, uh, farmers that need uh, people who, who care for their, uh, um, you know, cows and, and things like that. So, I'm I'm truly truly uh, happy that this initiative exists and that uh, it's a uh, a tool people can use to to look uh, for um, again a job like I said in in my intro that is more meaningful. Yeah, that's good. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, another you reminded me of early on when I would Google vegan jobs um, on like Indeed or even just Google, I guess um, any of the job websites there was maybe a page or so of jobs that just mentioned vegan option for the employees in the description somewhere. And that would of course turn it up in the results. And, um, and that made it 
clear to me that it would be beneficial to have a site listing just vegan jobs, exclusively vegan jobs. And, um, or it would be like, I'm trying to remember other examples, but it was fascinating how many jobs would come up that weren't vegan, but happened to mention vegan somewhere. Even if they said, um, even one said, not a good job for vegans. It was like a butcher or something or some kind of meat related industry. Um, and just the fact that it said not for vegans, it turned up, but, um, there was, uh, yeah, somehow that word would come up just people mentioning they, yeah, I think that they would, um, something about vegan options at the company, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, know I, I don't recall all the ways it would turn up. It was fascinating though, how many it would, um, yeah. Well, famously, there was this um, WeWork initiative of um, offering vegan options that, you know, way back then. And um, that started like a little trend of um, corporations offering vegan options. I think Apple uh, have, you know, only vegan options at their headquarters, maybe. Um, but yeah, it, but it's not what we're looking for we're looking for right. and if you don't know the names of you know the organizations out there who are fighting for um, animal rights then um, how are you going to find these opportunities and it's also beneficial for those organizations that want to reach uh, vegans yeah yeah absolutely yeah there's um, and there's so many organizations now um, that but like you said earlier too, you don't always know who's vegan for the right reasons. And maybe just on the face they're they're kind of pitching that, but, um, yeah, the, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, definitely exploded and there's, it's just may maybe created more noise in some ways, although there's more selection, but more noise. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. That's uh, very true. To end the conversation, I want to ask you, you know, this, the whole philosophy, the whole, the reason why I started this podcast is to encourage people to take action. So what would you say to vegans who want to take action or are on the fence of taking action? Why should they consider, you know, going out, being open about their veganism and, uh, putting efforts in uh, advancing the animal rights cause. Yeah, I guess we could use we can use everyone we can we can get, because <laughs> uh, it's still even though there's a lot of vegans now, a lot more than there used to be. It's um, I think there's definitely big hurdles out there, and you you maybe touched on some of them, um, and uh, with, with when it comes to the empathy of others. But um, I I've um, I like how I, I approached it where I kind of used the skills I had and um, but still got into areas where I had no idea what I was doing necessarily, um, but then kind of learned as it went along. And um, I think if people, whatever they might have, maybe a natural um, inclination to uh, to pursuing just even in their own as, as a hobby, even um, there might be opportunities there they could explore. Um, I guess, I guess it's, it's the example of course is like online, um, you know, developing something to, to help uh, reach people there. But um, 
even just volunteering uh, locally is a good start. It might get the ball rolling um, and being around others that are uh, that are involved in the community. Um, and uh, yeah, the I think um, it's it's easy to feel like <clears throat> like you're just a drop in the bucket, but at the end of the day, we know it's going to take that you know get enough drops and it fills the bucket, I guess. But uh, and it's just like voting, I guess. It's like one of those things where you feel like you're just this tiny, insignificant thing uh, compared to all the millions of votes for for uh, an, an election, but without everyone getting together, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, if, uh, if you, there's certainly a lot of, um, ways that people, if you're a graphic designer or a, I'm trying to think, I should have a lot more examples on off the cuff here, but, um, there's almost, there's, because now <clears throat> the vegan, um, uh, world, it kind of spans all sectors and, and every little thing that there's there's probably something with your specialty out there that someone might be hiring for so if you do want to work for a vegan organization or company there's there's a chance that you'll find a fit out there um or if not today maybe you know years from now but um there's uh it's amazing what you know it's every little thing you can think of from uh, legal assistance to um, there's even some healthcare clinics that have sought vegan um, like nurses. Um, there's um, uh, you know ecotourism type jobs and yeah, a lot of hospitality jobs, of course. Um, but um, there's you know data analysts and um, food scientists, and it's just endless, endless list of uh, potential um, jobs that are needed are going to be needed, I think. Um, and, and so whether it's becomes your job, or just maybe volunteering your skills, or just if you don't have if you don't feel like you have any that currently fit just going out there and um, diving in and sure enough, you'll, you know, a lot of almost all of us have that imposter syndrome perhaps in the beginning when we do anything and just kind of push through that and um and get involved because it's it's really rewarding especially uh i found volunteering really rewarding um and yeah well ben that's a great message to end the conversation thank you so much ben for having accepted my invitation for your initiative and sharing your thoughts with listeners I'm all about, you know, veteran vegans who have been vegans for as long as you have, uh, you know, to share their wisdom with people. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you everyone for listening. I kindly invite you to share this podcast with the vegans you know. Let's encourage more people to take action. Again, thank you so much for caring, and I will see you next Tuesday for a new episode.